Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Road World Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined on Monday, May 15th, 2023. Finally saying the year right by Denny. Did I say I'm joined by Denny Carter yet? No, not yet. I think you were so you were so stuck on the date that you was, forgot me. I'm at MMXXIII. Oh, my gosh. Right? Uh, <laughs> am I right, folks? You are we right. remember Latin. We remember our Romans. We, we love our Roman numerals. We do love our Roman numerals. We love... Our zero RB. Never too early to talk zero RB. It's never too late yeah. to talk zero RB. Denny and I are going to look at five backfields most likely to produce you know, zero RB gold. Is that what we're going with, Denny? Yeah. Uh, uh, surrounded by un- the uh, kind of uncertainty that creates zero RB gold. We're going to talk a few teams, but the Bears will be in there. The Lions will be in there. The yeah. Broncos are really fascinating one that I tried to make Denny delete until I realized we needed them in there. Yeah. <laughs> actually, uh, Denny wants to talk Sam Laporta, rookie Lions tight end, right? Do I? Um, do you ever? Then he has an article on teams that establish the pass in the red zone. Yeah. Something we've talked about with the Chiefs before. Really, really fascinating topic. Uh, something we need to dig into. But first, the schedule release was last Thursday. It is the biggest event on the NFL calendar, Denny. Um, even bigger than when they read off names it's, on draft weekend. When they read off really games, we already knew what were happening. I mean, I, I, I do blame the the best ball industrial comp- complex for uh, hyping up a schedule release so much. Because then, finally, you know which players to draft. Before, before the schedule release... You have no idea. You could be drafting anybody. You draft a third string quarter. It doesn't matter, you know. But but you you finally get the 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 correlation stacks, those sweet sweet stacks from week sixteen and seventeen, and you're off to the races. Every year I make fun of the schedule release hoopla, and then every single year I'm like, oh man, this is actually kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the NFL does it again. They they got us uh, the, the best marketing wizards in the entire world. So we we want to talk to a topic near and dearer to our heart, real quick, and that is Thursday night football. And the very first game of the season here on NBC and Peacock is Thursday night. But, you know, it actually is not a real Thursday night football game because the season opening kickoff game always features the defending Super Bowl champions. They're not playing on short rest. This year, a really intriguing matchup. I was kind of shocked the schedule makers went into this one, but trying to elevate a team that almost made the playoffs last year in the Lions, kind of our Lions, 
At least they were until they took Jameer Gibbs, the number 12. They were. Uh, they are no longer our lines. But, Destroyed uh, the but, process. But a real – so that game is happening on Thursday, September 7th, 8.20 p.m. Eastern. I'm actually, they're not actually telling me to say this, but I, I just want to hype it. Patrick Mahomes against the Detroit Lions at Arrowhead Stadium. So that's not a real Thursday night football game, Denny. The real no, Thursday not. night football no. schedule kicks in in week two. And Jeff Bezos, you know, I think he paid $1.2 trillion a year for yes. this TV package. They are trying to get him some better games early in the year, actually, where they've got the Vikings at the Eagles. They've got the Giants at the 49ers in week three, which, to be honest, that game could already be off the rails. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. That's like the first off-the-rails potential Thursday night game. So I wanted to ask you, looking at the Thursday night football schedule, yeah. what you thought the most Thursday night football game of 2023 is. I, Shockingly, this year, there's no Titans-Jags. The NFL is trying to kill this tradition and they refuse to now play Titans Jags on Thursday night after all the jokes. Uh, I say it's their loss. Yeah, I listen. I have two. Uh, I, I have two doozies uh, that I, I don't think that people are are mentally or really physically prepared for. We have in Week Nine on Thursday night we have the Titans at the Steelers. Titans at Steelers. Now this is a game where the over under should be listed at eleven point five. That's 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 the that should be the over. And honestly, you can't go over. You have to go under even at eleven and a half. Uh, and obviously, the Steelers will win um, nine to two in they this will. game. Uh, and, I mean, just two just two teams that are just committed uh, at all costs not to score points and not to gain yards. You know, like the and you have to respect it. And because hey, you know what, the Steelers still almost make the playoffs or make the playoffs every year. And they still, like you said on Twitter the other day, are continuing the reign of terror on prime time. Every Steelers game is right in our faces, even though they have Kenny Pickett as their quarterback. It's insane. Uh, the only other team at comparable reign of Taylor, terror is, of course, the Chicago Bears, who are once again playing all oh. 17 of their games in prime time. Uh, uh, what, what is with <laughs> This is actually not a joke. The Bears have two Thursday night games this year, both of which are big-time contenders for Thursday night game of the year. Both Thursday night games on short rest, by the way. I'm not right. sure how this was like allowed in the collective bargaining agreement, like why – I'm sure the players are not happy about this. So two major candidates for Thursday night game of the year are week five, the bears at the commanders. I saw that. I I skipped past that one, but yes, that could be an absolute disgusting game. And then we have the bears at the Panthers in week 10. Yeah. That is like, that's like right when like holiday seasons, people are starting to think forward to Thanksgiving like talk about the wrong way to kick off the holiday season. It's That's Thursday, November 9th, the Bears Panthers. So I just want to forecast that game uh, for 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 showdown purposes and in, in for DFS purposes. DJ Moore is going to be 100% in the captain spot in those oh, lineups right. because it is a DJ Moore revenge game and we do not ignore a DJ Moore re- revenge game. But yeah, that that game could, could be ugly. Can but can we talk about what what could be the most catastrophic game, which is at the very end of the season on Thursday night, folks? We have the New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns on on December twenty eighth. I mean, what in the world? That like like there are several paths to that being just a a a, a horrific uh, game between two teams that have maybe both fired their head coaches at that at that point. Uh, Maybe no Aaron Rodgers. Maybe no. Maybe Deshaun Watson's been benched at some point. Who knows? Who knows? 
we but we we have to see if Chris Trevler will get another start this season. It'll be in week 17. Well, you said at Cleveland too, which they should not be allowed to play night games in Cleveland every November 1st. There are straight line winds of 60 miles an hour off Lake Erie every day in Cleveland, Ohio after November 1st. They need a dome. I'm begging the Browns to build a dome. No, no, no. Listen, the fact that that the NFL has to consider canceling every single Browns home game after Halloween (laughs) is an indication that you need a dome. I'm sorry. Enough (laughs) of this. Enough of 80 degree. I'm, I'm sorry. 80 mile an hour winds where the beat writers are like, are like you know, twelve people have been hospitalized before kickoff, <laughs> and, and and then you tune in and 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 someone hits a uh, like a forty yard touchdown right down the middle. There's no wind, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I it used to I, yeah, always be Pittsburgh had the worst weather. I think maybe with like the changing weather pattern, somehow now Cleveland has become the worst weather town in the NFL because Cle- oh it yeah, definitely it's has. not even close. It hasn't even been a close second in the past two or three years. Bears Commanders Week Five, Jaguar Saints Week Seven's kind of sneaky just because i know it's trevor lawrence and the jags but it's the jags who own thursday night Derek carr for the saints titan steelers of course and i, I i'm surprised you didn't highlight saints rams in week 16 that could get you ugly got, you got Derek carr versus like a rams roster with a zero depth like who knows who's gonna be hurt by then well really what, what you have is Taysom hill versus stetson bennett in that game and you have jeff bezos crying real tears <laughs> he's real, real tears He's going to go broke. We have to think about Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos uh, has probably had his tear ducts removed, so we cannot physically cry. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That's an alpha move, and I'm looking into that myself. He he is an alpha. We are not alphas. That's why we're here to talk about zero RB, (laughs) the the single best Uh, fantasy football pro, and our single most covered offseason topic always. But we're looking for value in offseason draft, especially early in offseason draft. I mean, zero RB – when is even the best time for zero RB drafting? Is it now yeah. where ADPs are settled? Is it in like August when the market, quote unquote, mm-hmm. I will never, the market, quote unquote, <laughs> is overconfident <laughs> in its projections for the upcoming season and say everyone's all in, like some injury prone running back in the third round while you're hammering someone in the ninth round. But right. I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Yeah, thing. no, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. talking about zero RB. Oh, I, and, and, I, and I will uh, happily. First of all, yeah, <laughs> last season was was glorious for Zero RB. It was the only way that you won a championship. Now, I know we have listeners who say, I took six running backs in a row off the board, and I won my league easily. Okay, all right. But still, you got to hand it to us. It worked. It worked last year. Uh, the process finally worked one time. And <laughs> and I think we're going to see, you know, a lot of the same now. Now, as far as like when to take advantage of uh, running back ADPs, I mean, honestly, at, right after the draft, like we are now, before training camp gets started, I think that that is the time where you can really read the tea leaves and really get down in the muck and say, you know what, like this guy is going – in the 15th round and by training camp, he's going to be going now, I mean, not really high, but maybe in the ninth round, maybe in the 10th round. And that's a huge difference, you know, five rounds, you know, a, a increase in ADP. If you can get in on the ground level and I'm not selling you on an LM, LML, is that what they're called? MLM. 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 I'm not selling you on an MLM. I'm selling you on zero RB and you can get deals right now. Dial 1-800-DENNY. 
Yeah, we need. We are setting up that. Actually, that is a complaint hotline for NBC for <laughs> oh, uh, complaints about Denny Carter and his rankings. And, why? Uh, why does my wife keep calling? Yeah, your She has. They have actually blocked her number. By the way, <laughs> although they sympathize with her plight, they have blocked her number from calling one eight hundred Denny. And you kind of got it. I think there's two different seasons of zero RB drafting, whereas right now it's trying to get out in front of ADP right. and which we talked about on the show last week, predicting ADPs that will be rising and falling over the next three months. Whereas in training camp, like mid to late August, it's, there's a different kind of zero RB and that's like hedging, like overconfidence. Like uh, why is everyone like all in on Brees Hall who is coming yeah. off a torn ACL and has yet to resume practicing and it's August 20th. That's like kind of the other, it's the other zero RB approach, but yeah, we're not right now. We're kind of, I guess maybe focused on trying to get out in front of, uh, ADP and just what's the first backfield you think is looking mm-hmm. like a zero RB gold mine one that where there's going to be just crazy ADPs and, and leverage and value to be had the Washington commanders they recently sold Washington commanders congratulations to commanders I, actually I have to tell you there's there was a radio commercial uh, the the local rock station that carries the commanders game said welcome to a new era and commanders football like people are pumped they are it, it's a true uh, ladies and gentlemen we got him situation. <laughs> they, they finally and, got him. Although I don't know, think he signed on the dotted line yet that he said, no, not, not yet. But you know what though? Uh, uh, Daniel Snyder, he learned his lesson. He learned 6 billion lessons. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's never going to do that again. So <laughs> anyway, true. uh, uh, let's, uh, let's get back into this commander's backfield. So you have, you have Brian Robinson, you have An- Antonio Gibson, uh, and, and you have, um, a, a draft pick by the commanders, Chris Rodriguez. Now, Rodriguez is was a sixth rounder, so you know we're not expecting a, a lot, but I think it is noteworthy. And the Athletic actually reported this today that new offensive coordinator in Washington, uh, Eric Bieniemy, quote influenced the selection of running back Chris Rodriguez in the sixth round. Denny, real uh, quick, I will never influence the selection. He influenced it. Right. He, there was a lot of influencing going on. And, and so I think that, that that's kind of the kind of note that you take away and you say, okay, like maybe you take a stab at, at Rodriguez at the very end of your draft right now. I, I mean, maybe, okay. And then when if, if a few more noteworthy <laughs> items crop up in the next six weeks or so, then you say, okay, like I need to start getting Rodriguez on my roster more and more because – you know, he could be find himself at the top uh, of the pecking order come come week one. I mean, really, like that that's how in flux this Washington backfield is. For me, taking I'm not even I'm not interested at all in Brian Robinson at ADP, much more interested in, in Antonio Gibson. Uh apparently the enemy likes Gibson, wants to use him more, and Gibson has the added benefit of being good. And Brian Robinson at Great story. Nothing against Brian Robinson, but he's not good. So, you know, we, we have to, we, we, we do want occasionally a good running back on our roster. So I'll go with Gibson. And you pay. So first off right now, an underdog, which again, is not going to be representative of like your home league ADP. No. These, these are the psychos drafting. Uh, that includes us. So not mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. not casting aspersions on our psychos yeah. out there. We love our psychos. <laughs> we do. They're listening right now. We love our psychos. Well, many of them are listening. One of them, Used to be on the show, and then being a psycho, uh, got him a, quite a big score. And, uh, now he's got gone. two million dollars, oh, and uh, we hate you, Pat. <laughs> but congratulations! <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we love you though too. Uh, not bitter about that at all. But 
underdog ADP right now. Brian Robinson's the RB34. Antonio Gibson's the RB42. I do think that should be reversed. Then Chris Rodriguez is the RB98. But you couldn't be more right. I, my <laughs> eyes immediately arched when I read that Eric Bieniemy had like personally stumped for Chris Rodriguez. And this is an offense in Washington that has made like the pass catching running back like a complete staple. And it was under different offensive coordinators, of course, but that didn't used to be a thing in Kansas City. But the Chiefs, you know, kind of went zero RB in real life the past mm-hmm. two years. Mm-hmm. And made pass catching RB a real big part of their offense, especially in the red zone. Yes, with Jarek McKinnon, and it does seem like uh, JD McKissick is no more in Washington. It, I mean, sixth round is like that. That's a lot of positions. You know, you don't pay attention to sixth round talent at all. You just don't. But running back is one position where you do pay attention to that. Yeah. And uh, it just seems like I, I, he, Chris Rodriguez is really is someone who should be on your radar and someone who could definitely be catching passes. And yeah, I mean, even if you like Antonio Gibson, I don't find either of those backs really appealing as like an RB3 right now. And Washington just strike me as a true zero RB backfield where the only thing I would really want to be doing right now is getting Chris Rodriguez for free. Yeah, right. And uh, so Rodriguez, just just to give you an idea of his college production, uh, 36 touchdowns um, over his final three seasons in Kentucky at, at Kentucky. Uh, he averaged 6.2 yards per carry. I know that's a boomer stat, but 6.2 yards per carry over the over those seasons. So really, I mean, really like hyper productive guy, but not necessarily a workhorse. But like Brian Robinson, to me, I I I have to say that I think Brian Robinson was largely a creation of Ron Rivera. And if Ron Rivera really does give the offense over to Eric Bieniemy, I can't imagine that he's going to commit to Robinson as the lead back here. By the way, the last time there was a pass catching Kentucky running back was Lynn Bowden, who is now out of the league. Um, we uh, we remember him. We stand. We, we do stand still. Um, Denny doesn't know what that means. Ask your ask your son, Denny. I will ask my son. I'll Although ask him he's right he's never heard that because it went out of style five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> we stand, but I saw I had to bring up that entirely representative data point that since Lynn Bowden failed. Chris Rodriguez is no <laughs> everybody. Everybody needs to know about Lynn Bowden. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, people don't even remember Lynn Bowden. Probably who is next? Any where are we looking for yeah. for zero RB golden nuggets? Looking to Detroit, which was among the league leaders in expected fantasy points out of the backfield last year. The Lions love to establish it near the near the goal line, and uh, and. We have to accept that. I think we have to say, okay, fine. I'm on Ross St. Brown. We'll never score a touchdown. We have to uh, come to grips with possibly David Montgomery scoring all the touchdowns and possibly Jameer Gibbs. We'll see how it unfolds. But yeah, so you have Montgomery Gibbs are, 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 the, are the two guys, obviously, that we're going to be agonizing over. Montgomery going off the board uh, at uh, RB27, uh, Gibbs going off at RB13. That's that's risen. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. It's. it's uh, I mean, this is why this is a zero RB backfield, basically. And yes, and so uh, if you're drafting zero RB, you're not taking Gibbs um, unless you're doing no. hero RB. Now, yeah, hero He's RB is fully in the zero RB build. Um, but when you're doing hero, that gives you a chance to sell out your principles completely, and <laughs> and uh, and take and take. Hey, one good running back. What what can that hurt? 
And I did that with Alvin Kamara last year, and it didn't hurt anything, folks. It, no, it hurt a lot. It was actually disastrous for me. That's why you're um, no longer employed by us. Right. Yeah, I'm doing the podcast for free. You're welcome. It's uh, part of your your severance. So typically when an employee gets laid off, not to take people behind the curtain, there's a severance <laughs> agreement. When Denny was laid off, he actually had to give a pay pay a severance to NBC that we uh, ever employed. That's right. And 11 uh, years of podcasting. Part of that is 11 years of podcasting for free. So, uh, so we're in, we're in year one. Um, and, <laughs> sorry. It is, so, May, it is May 15th folks. So. Anyway, Dave Montgomery is going to be on all my teams. That's what I'm saying. RB 27. I actually do fully agree with that. And I, I hate to say that because I am one of those drafters. I, I love flashy young players. I love big play threats, but the Gibbs ADP, is just insane to me. I think it could drop a little, but we kind of discuss like these group dynamics. It'll probably actually just raise, arise, raise. I don't know what's the correct. You mean Montgomery? Yeah. No. 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 Gibbs is Gibbs. Oh, yeah. is, I think. Oh yeah. Continue to get more out of control and this like he could be like the next Austin Eckler. He could be the next Tony Pollard, but that's just not an outcome that you bet on, even with first round draft capital, and that's what he needs to be to make RB 13, like even remotely, uh, like pal- palatable, palatable. I keep saying words. I can't pa- palatable, so, palatable. Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> palatable. Uh, cleanses and, the palate. And I just, RB 13 is one of the most aspirational ADPs I've seen all spring. And you, you hate to go back to Demont nation, but the RB 27 and a proven two back backfield with a right. rookie who is just, straight up a change of pace this at least this year yeah yeah uh, rb 27 he's david montgomery is inheriting the jamal williams role which uh led the league in touchdowns last year well so. and, and and you know people say well you that, that can't that can't last and yes that's probably true like he's not going to end up montgomery you can't pencil in montgomery for 17 18 touchdowns obviously what you can pencil him in for are extremely high value touches and that's that's really a key in identifying good zero RB candidates is seeing where those high value touches, high value touches being receptions and, and being touches inside the 10 in, in what we call the green zone that we in the industry call the green zone. So we want, we want that gr- sweet green zone uh, uh, t- touch base floor for, for, uh, you know, a uh, running back like Montgomery who is not flashy, you know, and he, he's he's not he's not going to um, put up crazy numbers. He's not going to lead the league in like uh, yards after contact or anything. But uh, he he gets he gets what's there. And you know what, Dan Campbell loves him. And that's all I care about. And I I just I definitely think the Jamal Williams role is staying in the Lions' offense. And yes, it's partly to do with Jared Goff, who just it, coaches hide him in the red zone. They just don't. They're terrified of Jared Goff turning the ball over in the red zone. He's played with so much offensive talent and so much like offensive brain power with his offensive coordinators. And he's had one 30 touchdown season ever. He had 29 touchdowns in 17 games last year, which is not a horrible total, but they just coaching staffs do not want to put a lot on Jared Goff's plate in the red zone. They don't want him making a crippling turnover. And so even though Jamal Williams is gone, that role is remaining. And there's just zero reason to believe it's going to be Jameer Gibbs, the change yeah. of his rookie and every reason to believe it's going to be, the grizzled veteran David Montgomery. So just to give folks an idea of how uh, run heavy Detroit was last year in the red zone. And this actually kind of be a sneak peek at my next uh, article for the site. Um, 
the Lions uh, ran the ball on 50.3% of their red zone snaps last year. Um, that was the seventh highest run, rush rate in the in the league. Okay, so oh, like we, it was, only it, was it was up there. Yeah. Kind of shocked it was only seventh, but not at all surprised to hear they were in the top ten. Real quick, there are six Lions running backs with ADPs on underdog right now. <laughs> Undrafted rookie Mohamed Ibrahim is the RB87, apparently. Uh, fullback Jason Cabinda is the RB108. And then Craig Reynolds and Jamar Jefferson, who I guess they're still in the 53-man roster, both still have ADPs. So that's that's remarkable. So so when the, we're talking uh, psychos, folks. Yeah, the the player from Minnesota, Ibrahim. Uh, he, yes, he had yes. like he had like one million rushing yards in college. He's also like sixty nine years old. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's aged. He's uh, he's three months older than me. So that, that yeah, is, that's uh, real bad. Concern. It was very concerned. One reason why your wife continues to call one eight hundred Denny. <laughs> don't call that. By the way, don't don't call that number. Not, yeah, we have no idea where that goes. <laughs> Do not call that number, Denny. What is the third zero RB backfield we are looking to target? We're looking very strongly into the Seattle Seahawks backfield, and we we talked about this uh, last week with with Kyle uh, with you know Ken Walker possibly falling in ADP after the team took Zach Char- Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh uh, in the final final round, I believe. Was of, of the draft, and uh, Pete Carroll uh, did what Pete Carroll does, and he came out and he said that Kenny, he's quite a player. We got to get him the ball. We got to figure out ways to get him the ball, as if there are there's more than one football on the field of that. <laughs> that's <laughs> what that's what Pete Carroll talks like. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so somebody's going to drop to a, a place where you feel pretty comfortable taking them and saying, you know, an injury here, an injury there, and and I have the lead back for a balanced, if not possibly run, run first, uh, Seattle offense. So like last year um, with, uh, you know, Walker was drafted as kind of a, uh, until the, until like August or so a zero RB target. I think he was going in like what the sixth, seventh round somewhere in there. Something like that. Yeah. A- anyway, uh, at 12 team leagues. And he, so he made a lot of sense as a guy know, you me. wanted to, he went, right in your league, he went first overall. Yeah, you know, he but, did. But uh, um, you know, just in case Rashad Penny went down, just in case they turned to the rookie, and it, and, you know, it worked out. I mean, it, it didn't win your your league, but it definitely it definitely worked out. So th- this is this is one to to monitor as far as like you know, and you can't leave out Macintosh as far as who who is going to be kind of the forgotten man here as far as ADP goes. You really cannot forget about Macintosh. I wish this were a joke, but when Pete Carroll had a press conference, I believe last Thursday, and he talked about the running backs for quite a long time. And I forget which Seahawks beat reporter was live tweeting it, but he was doing a thread and like three or four tweets in the thread were just Pete Carroll talking about Kenny McIntosh. <laughs> like, yeah. he's like, so, you know, like they draft Zach Charbonnet. You're like, oh, come on, man. Like, He's just going to make things weird now with Zach Charbonnet. And then he, Pete Carroll, mind you, he's not just making it weird with Zach Charbonnet. He's going to make it weird with Kenny McIntosh. And I, I'm going to regurgitate some stuff I already said on the pod, but I think there was a lot of factors at play here with the Seahawks, I mean, one of which Pete Carroll, of course, is obsessed with the run and obsessed with drafting running backs. But last year they got caught real short at running back when Kenneth Walker got banged up and yeah. they were giving touches to Tony Jones who just didn't belong on an NFL roster. It was a real bad situation. Uh, they didn't have like a logical pass catching successor, Travis Homer and DJ Dallas just weren't getting it done. And both kept getting hurt. Travis Homer's gone. DJ Dallas is still on the roster. We'll see if he actually makes the 53 man roster. 
yeah. this summer. And it's kind of like into it. So kind of overhauling the backfield in general, I do wonder if they kind of have, I already said this on the podcast too. So sorry if I'm repeating myself, but that they kind of like bad memories of Chris Carson, who they, they wanted to rely on so bad. He, he was so violent. He was just getting hurt all the time. We saw a little bit of that with Kenneth, Kenneth Walker last year. And so I, I very much believe the Seahawks' actions in season will match their actions in the draft. And they are intent on making this a multi-back backfield. And yeah. Kenneth Walker is still going to be probably a pretty valuable RB2 and maybe even a value, valuable RB1. Mm-hmm. But then it's going to be a very like fateful decision, basically. Kenneth Walker's going to be a classic, like could go either way. Yeah. yeah. So you have you have Zach Charbonnet going um, 103 is his, is his ADP. So like a 10-team league, you're talking about the 10th round. So you're talking about the 8th round in 12-team uh, in leagues. You know, like right now, I think he, he would make a lot of sense if you're going heavy on like tight, elite tight ends and, and wide receivers early on. Um, to see if Charbonnet can maybe benefit from an injury. We don't hope for injuries, folks, but they they happen. And, you know, you like to be prepared. So benefit from an injury or, um, you know, possibly just uh, carve out a, a lead back role there in Seattle. Denny, what did you think of my, my Ken Walker analysis where I said, hey, it could be a good pick. It could be a bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a third option. It could be yeah. a so-so pick. We, we do was- have to wait. As I was going, I realized I was in the team that scores more points is going to win any mode. <laughs> you, right. You, you, you were uh, doing the old, uh, uh, in this league, you have to score yes. more points to win the game. What I was trying to say that he is going to be, he's going to be one of those faithful ADPs, kind of like a dividing line pick where like your draft will, might be decided by right where you take Kenneth Walker, where he's either going to be like, oh yeah, we really overthought that. And he's amazing. Or that, oh, yep, we should have read even more into Zach Charbonnet, <laughs> and uh, I'm screwed well, now. You you have to, yeah, and Kyle made this point last week, and it's worth repeating that Pete Carroll doesn't care about about uh, draft capital. Like, he is not reading all that, okay? No. And, like, any analytics geek who would be like, excuse me, you invested this much draft capital into Kenneth Walker, he would say, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about, kid. I got, I got, I got, I got football players. I'm going to play the best football player. The first day of 20, 2012 training camp, they handed Pete Carroll Matt Flynn's contract and he threw it in the trash. Yes. That is That's Carroll. right. He said, that we're playing cool. the short kid. He did. They threw, he got out a bottle of lighter fluid and then was <laughs> sprayed it all over his contract and then lit it on fire. Right. We're playing the short kid that no one wanted. Yeah. And, and uh, Russell Wilson went on to become the greatest and now most hated Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> It is actually an OSHA violation to spray lighter fluid at your place of employment, too. So I, I hardly ever do that. I almost lapsed in, by the way, to a Tony Romo impression again when I was doing the <laughs> Walker. I don't know if I have confidence to bust it out again right now, but I, I think I'm going to make I that part I hope you gardener the confidence to bring uh, out uh, one Tony Romo. I'm going to make that part of the rotation. We'll be right back after this to talk more zero RB backfields. Every season is draft season. Get your Roto World Draft Guide bundled today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts. It's packed with profiles, rankings, and projections. Order today and get all three Roto World Draft Guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BARRY to save an extra 20% off at checkout. That is promo code BERRY to save an extra 20% off at checkout. And don't forget, download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. 
Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back, and you might think we're done talking about zero RB, but you would be sorely mistaken. We sorely. will never be done talking zero. No, it's quite literally true. We are going to be talking about all season because it is one of the most fascinating topics. Yeah. It's the kind of question thing we get the most questions about. We've we got two more zero RB backfields we want to talk about. Yes. Uh, what, is, yes. what are they? What is the we first are, one? We are now talking about the Chicago Bears, who, along with the Falcons, were – uh, we'll say stubbornly run heavy last year. Uh, we have the Bears with the lowest pass rate over expected uh, last year at negative 15%. Negative 15%. That was lower than even Arthur Smith and Atlanta at negative 12%. Even lower than the negative 9% from Tennessee. So, I mean, we're talking about massively run first philosophy. And, you you know, you have... Um, three three guys to pick from you know it's not just two you get three three stabs at the apple or whatever they say and i don't don't think that's a phrase i I don't know jim (laughs) you you stab the apple tony uh and you you so here are the guys that you can stab the apple with you have roshan johnson the uh the rookie you have cleo herbert who has been hyper efficient as a a kind of part-time change of pace kind of back in chicago uh, and you have Deontay Foreman, who has very successfully come back from a catastrophic Achilles injury to be, uh, like Herbert, very efficient in his time in Carolina. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think all three of those guys are unfortunately interesting. And, man, if you can hit on the guy who gets the lead back role, I mean, you are, you're rolling. Because, honestly, it doesn't matter how game script goes like they're establishing it like it's 1975 yeah this backfield hits the zero rb trifecta where they have intriguing returning young player who may or may not be valued more highly by the fantasy community than the coaching staff and khalil herbert could have one of those going on we have free agent addition and deontay foreman who just rocked the advanced metrics in 2022 part of that was the panthers somehow turning into like a road paving offensive line after they fired matt rule but Deontay Johnson, intriguing free agent addition. And then day two, or excuse me, early day three running back, Roshan Johnson, but legit draft capital for running back, fourth rounder. 
So like you said, it's the kind of situation where you basically have to like trust your evaluation and like, it could be something that clarifies with like coaching comments and hitting up rephrasing something you kind of said in coach speak earlier when you were talking about Rodriguez with the commanders is a lot of people think that like they kind of treat anything a coach says as coach speak, but like the, the themes, the reiterations are what is worth like taking stock of. And if there becomes a theme where uh, Matt Eberflus is all summers like Deontay Foreman at the goal line, man. Like this mm-hmm. guy, once the pads yeah. come on, Deontay becomes like a differing man. He actually like really physically scares me. Um, <laughs> and like, wow, all right. Yep. It sounds like they like him as their goal line back. <laughs> sorry. So uh, look for themes in the yes. coach because this is mean, just a classic tea leave reading. I, mean, I didn't even mention Travis Homer, who could legitimately oh. become the pass catching back. I mean, uh, but yeah, yeah it's where right. this is this is like a, a flag planting backfield where you're gonna have to take your stand and hope you're right. We we could this is this time of year we could get a lot more clarity in August in training camp. But like I, you were basically trusting your gut on the Bears yeah, backfield right now. I do. So Herbert is going first by a pretty conser- considerable margin here in the Chicago backfield. His ADP is 121. Roshan Johnson's going at 141, and Deontay Foreman's going at one. 58. Um, the thing about Herbert is that, man, we don't have much evidence that he can like carry even like a moderately heavy workload. The guy has three games, I'm sorry, f- four games in his career. In, in 30, 30 NFL games, he has five in which he's seen more than 18 carries. And does that make sense? Okay. So we have the five basically like workhorse type performances in, in 30 games also like he's, he's never been like this is one to to draw a lot of targets out of the backfield he has two games out of those 30 with more than four targets in a game so i i i do think that we are overvaluing khalil herbert and i would be right now uh more apt to look at the other two foreman and johnson and another red flag with Khalil Herbert was every time he did have one of those rare workhorse games when David Montgomery was injured, like he would wow the fantasy community. And then the second David Montgomery came back, they would always just give him his old rollback, like yeah, lock, right. stock, and barrel. Right. Where there, it was like the people, the Denny Carters of the world would be right. And well, Khalil Herbert earned more touches this week, folks. Yeah, uh, no, I, you know, you're right. And, <laughs> no, no, you're right. And, and I actually come, I have, have lost faith in the idea that a running back can earn more playing time. I, I, yeah, I think it's just, it's just entirely up to like coaches moods on a given day. Like, is this coach in a, in a good mood? Then he'll give the guy more touch. If he's in a bad mood now, he's going back to the, the, the old veteran, you know, like the, the, the guy who gets what gets what's blocked and nothing more. And we're, we're going to grind out three yards at a time. Really? Like there, there's no evidence that, like, you know, uh, excellent performance gardeners more workload for a running back. We, we, we have back-to-back Bears coaching staffs, too, that just seem to agree with that, that, that Khalil Herbert is strictly a role player. He could get a valuable fantasy role still. but Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, I, I I tend to, you know, first of all, he I know he's built like a bowling ball, but he, he is small. Like, we have to, we have to give it to him. He's pretty small. He is. Oh, wow, didn't he? He just had I'm to go sorry. there yet again. I, you got it. This is a, a a big guy's league. It is, and you know, I, did you see Bryce Young behind his lineman the other day? No. Oh uh, my goodness! No, I'm saying I literally didn't see him. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, it it looked like take your kid to work there. And I'm not, oh, I'm not, come I'm, on, man. I'm not making fun. Like people say, oh, you can't make fun of people's height. I'm not making fun of height or weight. Like he's, you know, he's, he's our size, just to be clear. Bigger than I am. But I'm he not, might not he actually might not be. <laughs> He's like your exact size. (laughs) Okay, he's my exact size, and I'm not. I should not be on an NFL field. Uh, The Panthers fans are coping so hard about the size thing. I just hope it. I hope it works out for them. I really do. I think. I actually really, really do. I love Bryce Young. Bryce Young's great. If he's a bust, he he strikes me as a guy who's going to be a a, a great coach one day, and (sighs) maybe, maybe he'll also be a good player. Maybe, maybe. But, but to me, like he. His his brain is unbelievable. Like you know, if you put that brain into you know Josh Allen's body, I don't know, so a big dude's body, you you have the greatest of all time. You're already hitting Bryce Young with the great coach slander, huh, man? I, <laughs> that's like the worst thing you can say about a young. This guy's gonna be a great coach someday. Like, I, I, if you're I, eating like a pre-draft evaluation, it says like future coach. Like all right, next. Uh, I think I think Bryce Young could legit be an NFL head coach at like 26 years old. (laughs) This is the way the league is trending. Like get get him on the sideline. What is the final zero RB backfield we were talking about? All right, we're talking about the Broncos, and uh, Javante Williams suffered a a a very serious knee injury, and and I'm not saying that some ACLs are bad and some are some are fine. They're all bad, but uh, he damaged his PCL, his uh, ACL. And another ligament whose who's, uh, abbreviation I can't remember at the moment, uh, MCL. It, it, it's very much like the J.K. Dobbins situation. Uh, and then, so, and, and you've you've had some back and forth, some waxing and waning from Broncos, you know, front office from Sean Payton. Now Sean Payton says that everything's fine; he'll be ready for training camp. Even if he is, I think that we still have to approach this with uh, an air of skepticism. And we have to draft Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. And I think that, that that is the that is what I'm getting at, folks, is that Samaj P. Ryan. This is your whole reason for existing. Your entire life is built towards telling people you yeah. we must be drafting Broncos Samaj P. Ryan. Did, did I did I walk over to my neighbor's house today and and give him a, a little baggie of flour? He needed some flour and say you need to draft Samaj P. Ryan. I did. I did do that today. So uh yeah, and he has that dog. Uh, he was he was pretty good uh, in Joe Mixon's um, place last year in Cincinnati. Sean Payton likes him a lot. That's all I'm saying. And and this team this team is going to definitely 100% shift back to the kind of Pete Carroll approach to Russell Wilson, where he becomes a, a glorified game manager, and that's going to be great for whoever gets the lead back role. I can't be the only fantasy analyst who thinks that Jarrett Stidham and Samaji P. Ryan are going to wreck this league. <laughs> <laughs> no one remembers the wreck this league joke from Twitter. That was a good one, actually. That was a really, uh, really good one. But by the way, uh, we have a, a little tightening of ADP right now in the Denver backfield. You have Javante Williams going at 90, and you have uh, Samaji P. Ryan going at 115. So not, not that far off. I basically think Javante Williams should be on do not draft lists. And you mentioned the Broncos kind of being like all over the map with their Javante Williams messaging. Like Sean Payton is the least reliable coach in the NFL with injury yeah. information. Yeah. Like he basically he's like one of the few coaches where you should just truly ignore what he says. Like you're, yeah. you're kind of like actively misinforming yourself when you listen to Sean Payton on injuries. Like he's just that bad with injuries. 
and most indications are that it is a J.K. Dobbins type situation and that he's not going to be – right. even if he's like healthy enough to play football in week one, like that spring, that explosion isn't going to be back. And may, if he gets fully faded, maybe there could be some great value in Javante Williams. But it he's, just not seems going, like, he's not going to. It just you're, seems like a stay-away situation, yeah. You're, you're going to have to – go in on Javante Williams to get him like that there's I don't th- I don't see a universe where people where you you get to Javante Williams uh in your in your draft and you're like oh man well he you, there's no risk here you know like <laughs> I can take him here and it, it'll be fine even if he misses the first six weeks eight weeks of the season I'm I'm still good no 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 you're you're gonna have to make a decision is Javante Williams gonna play week one and is he going to be himself at week in week one and I would be pretty surprised if the answer were yes where yes he'll be fine <laughs> the, the Broncos are going to be like a fantasy black box this summer where we won't really know what to do with running back we're not going to really know who to prioritize a receiver I guess Jerry Judy but I feel like it's going to be yeah. a totally unpredictable allocation of targets with Sean Payton coming in and drafting Marvin Mims and Tim Patrick coming back and Cortland Sutton's looking like he never regained his lost step from his injury and they tried to trade Jerry Judy so it's going to be so all over the map with how they hand out these targets and these touches. With Sean it Payton. will be. It, yes. Yes, it, it, it will be. But uh, yeah, I, uh, there, I guess there is also a scenario where P Ryan gets a little too rich for my blood too. Oh, yeah. so we'll, that, we'll, that is happening. I mean, already RB 37 to be frank, like just, just why, why would you I mean, but that, that's a, that's a sharp, that's a sharp ADP. If we want to call it that, like that, that those are people who are reading blurbs as they're written. Okay. Yes, yeah, true. Uh, and, and so I'm. I have a feeling in in your old home league, uh, no one's going to be, you know, running around the uh, draft room looking for who's going to take Samaj P. Ryan. Don't take. Don't take. I got to take. Rather than taking Samaj P. Ryan at one fifteen, his current ADP, or as the RB thirty seven, I would rather take literally any other player. Uh, we'll see. So, All right. Well, we'll see even, do there. even uh, RB3 in Denver, uh, Tyler Beatty. Yes, Tyler Beatty, um, his former Mizzou great who was done wrong by the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, talk about three down talent, folks, Tyler Beatty. I mean, but, but the, the Ravens have no appetite for a guy who's not going to be just a slow up the middle guy like Gus Edwards, you know, by the way, speaking of Tony Jones, shouldn't be long on an NFL roster. Uh, he reunited with Sean Payton in Denver. Uh, and coaches love to remember some guys. And coaches. They, will, they only know the guys they've coached. That's they it. will, they will literally <laughs> trade for Adam Troutman rather than just talking to someone. Uh, <laughs> talk to someone about that. You don't have to trade for Adam Troutman. No, you you can just wait till he's no longer on a roster. That's true. Uh, according to Denny, you do have to trade for in your dynasty league. You do have to draft Sam Laporta, rookie Lions <laughs> tight end. Forget what round he went in. I know it was, I think it was day two, Denny. Yeah. Why tell the folks today why we're talking about Sam Laporta? Yeah, as, no. as we move on from zero RB, zero RB segment is over. You don't you like you don't have to. I'm not. This is not a legal requirement. Uh, neither neither party has presented this as a, uh, a federal law. So, <clears throat> but uh, the Athletics Colton Pouncey uh, reported last week that Sam Laporta was quote the best player on the field by a wide margin in rookie minicamp. Uh, this, of course, as, as our blurb says, will be fuel in the hype machine for, for the rookie. 
he was used out wide. He was used in the slot. I think that we will we will see that a, a lot of times. Uh, you have this from from Pouncey from the Athletics, Colton Pouncey. It almost feels as though the Lions want to build a semi-positionless offense with speed and playmaking as the core strengths among skill players. Uh, now, that, please, whatever you do, don't think that that means that Jameer Gibbs is going to be a receiver because here's the thing. Jameer Gibbs is not a receiver and will not be treated like one because no running back is a receiver. It's never once happened. They, it happens every offseason in the, the notebook section of articles. Are- That's right. Taking reps in the slot. Yeti, I don't know. He's in the slot. <laughs> Where's he going? He's back in the backfield gym. Sorry. Yep. Right. I mean, even even when guys, even when running backs line up in the slot, they are then motioned to the backfield. Always motioned back into the backfield instantly. <laughs> All right. So so we have that going on with Bijan Robinson already. People are talking. More and more people are talking. They're saying, oh, he's a receiver. He's a receiver. Even Bijan Robinson, I'm a receiver. You're not, he's not a receiver. That's the thing about B. John Robinson. He's a running back, so we have to treat him like one. Anyway, Laporta should be very much involved. Could, I, I, you know, could be the number two pass catching option behind Amon Ross St. Brown. It, it's a, it, it's going to be a wide gap between number one and number two because St. Brown dominates targets to, to such a degree. Uh, but uh, Laporta uh, maybe is a discount Dalton Kincaid as Dalton Kincaid's ADP uh, moves up toward number one overall. Yeah, I know. See, currently Dalton Kincaid's ADP is the tight end 11. Sam Laporta is the tight end 22, despite like seven or eight picks in difference in dra- real life draft cap. That, between them. Yes. And so I'm thinking that Laporta seems like the option there over Kincaid and, and nothing against Kincaid. Nothing, you know, nothing against him. Look, he had one good college game. Uh <laughs> And he, he, he hasn't played football since then. He didn't do any testing in the pre draft process. No, no testing. One good college game. He, 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 we looked into it. He did not have a second good college game. Oh man! And uh, and and he's you know being treated like the second coming of Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's funny. a rookie. He's a rookie. And and when when folks say, I'm sorry, they ran on Kincaid, but when folks say, no, 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 you don't understand. He's a receiver. Well, we said the same thing about Kyle Pitts, who is not a generational uh, uh, tight end profile, an all-time tight end profile. And how did that work? How did that work out for us? So let's, I just, I, you got to pump the brakes, folks, on Dalton Kincaid. It's out of control. Well, anytime you can draft uh, this generation's Mike Jacecki, Denny, I think you have yeah, to do it. That's so, right. That's right. That's that's what we're talking about. Like, it doesn't matter that he's going to run slot routes. It doesn't matter at all. You know who, who else runs slot routes? Uh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst runs a lot of slot routes. Are you excited for him? I, I'm not. Not particularly. I'm glad we could get you this animated on May 15th about no, some tight end talk. It's really okay. I mean, I actually am like legitimately glad. It's pretty great. <laughs> We've both been kind of keyed up today. Uh, a lot uh, of coffee. Yeah, we're going to end the show talking about teams that established the pass in the red zone. Denny's recent article on NBC Sports Edge. Please Go check it out. We've talked about the Chiefs establishing the red zone pass before on the show, Denny. Who are some other teams that joined them in 2022? Yeah, so uh, I have a, a full list of um, kind of the, the top half teams in pass rate in the red zone. Uh, Bucks, Chiefs, Vikings kind of in a tier of their own. And then Raiders, Rams, Dolphins, Chargers. Some teams that popped in there that were in there that kind of caught my 
attention and uh, did not expect them in there. Uh, the Titans, <laughs> the Saints, the Jets. Uh, but the, the Jets were very pass heavy when Zach Wilson was not under center. So I guess maybe that's not a shocking development. But we'll, we'll skip over the Chiefs part because we, we talked about that, how like it's very much by design that Jarek McKinnon or CEH or whoever is in the backfield is going to see a lot of targets in uh, not only inside the 20, but more importantly, inside the 10. That's where McKin- McKinnon caught all of his touchdowns last year yeah, inside, inside the 10. So that will continue. Okay. We, we can, we can pretty much bank on that. Uh, the Vikings are, are, are interesting because Kevin O'Connell was not interested in all at all in establishing the run inside the 20. And that provided a, a sort of, I don't know, new Avenue to a ceiling to, to, to a, a like a astronomic ceil- astronomical ceiling for Justin Jefferson uh, where he saw 19 red zone targets last year, uh, leading the league alongside Travis Kelsey. Uh, that's nine more than he saw the previous year in 2021. And, you know, that's a, that's a huge increase. And, and, you know, Justin Jefferson does a lot with his targets. Um, was very effective in the red zone. We, that should continue this year. And you would also kind of look forward and say, Hey, how does this, uh, project for TJ Hawkinson, who was by far and away Kirk Cousins, you know, number two option, both inside and outside of the red zone. So you would think that Hawkinson, despite being kind of a catch and fall down type guy, uh, would have a little bit of touchdown upside in an offense that is dead set on, on throwing it uh, inside the 20. Yeah, Hawkinson working on becoming the first ever pass catcher to average like under six yards per reception. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the way it, he was trending with the Vikings last year. Yeah, but, it's uh, it's not not been great for Vikings. Also, there's a weird variable where they we don't even know if the number one running back is still going to be with the team, and that could create an even more acute need to pass in the red zone. I'm talking about a team that I am surprised would pass in the red zone so much. The, the team that. Employees Kirk Cousins. This seems like that's kind of a poor strategy. Right. Well, it's it's uh, it, we we like it. We like it for our, our fantasy football folks. Because every year, Kirk Cousins, you look at his because he, you know, he's known as like Mister Interception, and you look at his Pro Football Reference, like wow, he only had eight interceptions, and you go, oh, all eight of them were inside the three yard line. And like, <laughs> so, uh, wow. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's a real stat. We'll have to look at that. Uh, we don't. Who show. else? Do you yeah. want to talk about highlight? Who else do you want to highlight who establishes the pass? I wanted, I wanted to highlight two more teams. First of all, uh, the Bucks, the Bucks folks, they led the league uh, with a seventy percent red zone pass rate last year. And my ha- halfway educated guess is that with Baker Mayfield and or Kyle Trask <laughs> under center, that's going to drop. We're going to see that that number drop. Yeah. I don't Plummet, think Todd, I believe is the word. Yes, I don't think Todd Bowles. We'll want to throw one single time inside the 20 this year with those two quarterbacks. So we could, we could, we, it could be the first team to have a 0% pass rate in the red zone is what I'm saying. And that, and that's real bad, real bad for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, but particularly, particularly Mike Evans, listen to this stat. And this is in the piece. If you like, check it out. Evans has an astounding 24 touchdowns on 36 green zone targets since the start of the 2020 season when Tom Brady uh, came to Tampa. That's insane. Like, like what, how is that possible? No one could stop Mike Evans. Uh, you know, and you saw it many times uh, for those who watch it. I've never watched the game. For those who watch the game, Tom Brady just dropped back, threw it up to, to seven foot eight, uh, Mike Evans. And he caught it over, over a, a small uh, DB. And that was, that was that that's not going to happen anymore. So 
Mike Evans gets the that touchdown opportunity lopped off of his fantasy prospects, and I'm I would struggle to draft him as a wide receiver too, even like a low end wide receiver too. The Bucs should trade Mike Evans during training camp. Oh, I think, please. I think that might happen. There hasn't been a ton of smoke there yet, but that just something that makes the most sense for all involved and something that needs to happen. Who is the final establish the pass inside the red zone team you want to talk about? Yeah, look, Sean McVay does not like running the ball inside, uh, inside the 20 and really doesn't like running it inside the 10. Uh, that has been fantasy gold for Cooper Cup. Uh, it, their their whole offense is designed around getting Cup open uh, inside the ten, uh, and 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 it has worked beautifully. You can check out the the article for the numbers surrounding Cup and how he's used and 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 the production that he's given the Rams and fantasy managers inside the ten. It's also probably not great for like you know a guy like Cam Akers who has a you know would seem to have a beat on the on the lead back role in LA. Um, and, and so, you know, you have to kind of take that into account. Not, not that, not that, yeah, it's a huge knock on, uh, on, on acres, but it's, it's great. It's great for cup. It's great possibly for if they, if the Rams ever have a second pass catcher in the offense, <laughs> I think that that would, that would be good. And, you know, Hey, look, it might not be so bad for Matthew Stafford. If he gets a bunch of, uh, you know, high value throws, near the goal line. That's uh, that's what we like from our fantasy quarterbacks. Is that another guy where I wonder how, how long they'll stay on that program since Stafford has really, really upped his interception machine credentials mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the past year and a half yeah. for the Rams. But with Cooper Cup back, uh, Stafford does have a mind meld with Cooper. It's all about Cooper Cup. That's that yeah. with the Rams. I feel like it's just all about Cooper Cup. It is. So, yeah, uh, back in, in 2021, which I know seems like a decade ago, uh, Stafford had a league leading 64 attempts inside the 10 yard line. Uh, 26 of his 41 touchdowns that season came in the green zone that worked out beautifully for him and for Cooper cup, who again is the focal point of the offense in the place where it matters the most near, near the goal line. Very interesting stat. Very interesting article. You highlight a few more teams. Uh, so check it out. Hi, the Packers changing quarterbacks. So who knows what will happen yep. there. Have a have a table. Uh, you have a data table, Denny. I thought yes. that was a big step up for you. A tables. I have all all the numbers. You can you can dive in. I'm I'm gonna have one a piece on the uh, on the run heaviest teams in the red zone uh, coming up soon. Awesome. So check it out. Uh, check out our blurbs. A little slower news time right now. We're working hard on our draft guide, but still gonna have everything up on the site. Still gonna be podcasting. Still gonna be pumping out articles. Yeah. Hoping to have one on our nation's general manager soon about half done with that and really wishing I was fully done with that because I forward to it. need to get to work on the draft guide. I'll be honest. Uh, like real, bad. Uh, I do too. <laughs> uh, real, real bad. <laughs> so need to get to work on that. I need to get to work on ending the show for Denny Carter. I am Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We will be back later this week with Kyle Dvorak where not the spoiler alert. I believe we'll, we will be drafting a best ball team. So all right, check that out on Thursday afternoon. Catch you guys later. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.